The following sermon by Pastor Rick Holland is brought to you by Mission Road Bible Church. For more information, visit missionroadbiblechurch.com. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says, until I come, back to Ephesus, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Now, we do a lot about the exhortation and the teaching around here. And as we're doing that, we're constantly reading the Bible as we're doing it. Read the Bible, explain the Bible. That's, that's the process of expository preaching. But what's taking place here is, is something that we need to understand from, a, from a, 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 a cultural perspective and a flow of biblical revelation. Why did Paul tell Timothy to pay, public, pay attention to the public reading of Scripture? The answer is, no one else had a Bible. You understand that? They didn't go home and read their scrolls. The only time they were exposed to the Holy Scriptures was at church, unless you were very wealthy and you could buy a copy of one of Paul's letters that was being passed around. It was uncommon to have your own copy. So Paul wanted to make sure when they got together, Old Testament and New Testament, they were paying attention to the simple reading of the text of the Word of God. Now turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Now we're going to do that. Here's the setting, and we're going to just do something now. We're going to do some reading, and then we're going to come back and begin explanation next week. Moses has brought the children of Israel to the plains of Moab. The plains of Moab were just across the Jordan River. They were a a large, the the plains of Moab were a large area where you could see across the river into the mountains that would go up down to the Dead Sea, up toward Jericho. Beautiful place. To look into it was to see a land flowing with what? Milk and hay. This was a desirable place. Well, well, irrigated place. It stood out literally as an oasis in the desert. The problem was, Moses was not going to get to cross the Jordan and go into Israel, was he? All right. If you're under 15, can someone tell me why Moses could not go into the promised land? Anybody know? Who said it? Remember, I'm deaf. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Thought I heard it. Okay, why? He hit the rock. That's what it, I heard it somewhere. He, he hit the rock. But Moses was not the only person who could not go into Israel, right? Not go into the promised land. Uh, the people who could not go by this point are dead. Why? The spies had gone into the land, came back and said, you're not going to believe what God is giving us. Ten of the spies didn't have the same opinion, and the rest of the people said, there's no way we're going to go up there and pick fights with people bigger than us, taller than us, more uh, experienced in war than us. And they said, we're just going to stay here. And then they said, can you believe Moses took us out of the Hilton Hotel of Egypt, which is far from that. Remember, they were under the burden of making bricks, and brought us out here into this wilderness to die. We're not going to go to that land. We, We would have been better off where? Back in Egypt. And God said, thank you for your trouble. You'll die out here. As we'll find out in a minute, in the opening words of Deuteronomy, this journey should have taken 11 days to get to the promised land. 
And yet, they wandered around in circles, around a mountain, for how long? 40 years, until that generation died. This new generation, remember, they didn't have their own Bible. They didn't have their own scroll either. Only knew certain parts of the law that were taught in the local little temp, uh, temporal uh, synagogues or places of worship where they would, they would hear the, the Word of God explained, remembered, and tried to be applied, but it was, it was a tough time. So now the new generation is coming, and this is Moses' last sermons. This is his last swan song. This is his last attempt to get the people to honor what God has said to do what God told them to do so that, we'll read in a moment, it may go well with them, so they'll have a great life. So tonight we're going to honor what Paul told Timothy. This first sermon comprises four chapters. And so we're going to read four chapters and pray and then set up chairs and go home. This is super important. And what I want you to do is do this. Grab a pen, grab a pencil. As we're going through these chapters, I'm just going to read the first four chapters. I want you to hear it. This was intended to be heard in one uh, sitting except they were standing. But I think it's okay to sit tonight, okay? They were standing, but there there was one sitting Moses wanted them to hear their history. How do we get from, you're going into the promised land, the the spies have gone and found out how wonderful it is, to your parents are dead, and now you're going in, and they couldn't. What happened? It was critically important to Moses that this new generation understood that history. Let me just give you a little warning now. You're going to hear all sorts of names, and you're going to go, huh, places. You're going to have to get your Bible map out if you want to. It's going to be a, a, a little muddy in places. That's not the point to get all the details. We're going to go back and pick up the details. The point tonight is to hear this history and to find yourself in it. These people were a rascally, complaining bunch of blessed souls just like you, and just like me. With that pencil, I want you to, if you see a verse that you think, I want to remember that, I just, just put a little mark by it. Let's check it. You can underline things. It's okay to underline your Bible. I just want you to be ready to grab some things that the Lord may call to your attention specifically as we go through these four chapters. And again, I'm not concerned that you get all the details. I want you to get the massive tsunamic effect of the history of Israel that now puts this new generation on the edge of the Jordan about to go in and what they need to know about the past. It is tragic spiritually to forget the past in your own life and even in the history of the church. So let's jump in. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I'll make a few comments as we go along, but by and large, I just want us to absorb this and read it. Uh, I heard a man tell me one time, he says, you are are never better as a preacher. You're never more accurate. You're never more holy. You're never more uh, uh, um, in the uh, anointed. You're never more all the adjectives you can say about preaching than simply when you're reading the word of God. I said, maybe I've got this right. Maybe I just stand up and read every week and that'll be easier, so... Deuteronomy chapter 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness. In the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel and Laban 
and Hazaroth and Dizhab. These next two verses are put together on purpose. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, just stop right there. You see what he did? It's 11 days journey. Next verse. 40 years later, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had commanded him to give them. After he had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Asheroth and Edrei. Across the Jordan in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to expound this law, saying, The Lord God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey. And by the way, they were just doing circles. If you see what they were doing, they're just going round and round and round. God says, that's enough. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country, and in the lowland, in the, and in the Negev, by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites, in Lebanon, as far as the great river of Euphrates. See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers, to Abraham, to, to Isaac, to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. I spoke to you at that time, this is Moses speaking, saying, I am not able to bear the burden of you alone. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day like the stars of heaven in number. Does that remind you of something God told Abraham? They went down 70, and they came out like this, Egypt. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousandfold more than you are and bless you just as he has promised you. How can I alone bear the load, of, load and burden of you and your strife? Choose wise and discerning and experienced men from your tribes, and I will appoint them as your heads. You answered me and said, the thing which you have said is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and experienced men, and appointed them heads over you, leaders of thousands and of hundreds, and of fifties and of tens, and of officers and officers for your tribes. Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, Here are the cases between your fellow countrymen, and judge righteously between the man and his fellow countrymen, or the alien who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, you shall bring it to me, and I will hear it. I commanded you at the time of uh, all things that you should do. Then we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is about to give us. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has spoken to you. Do not fear or do not be dismayed. Then all of you approached me and said, let us send men before us, that they may stretch out the land for us, search out the land for us, and bring back to us the word of the way by which we should go up to the cities which we shall enter. The thing pleased me, and I took 12 of your men, one for each tribe. 
They turned and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eshgal and spied it out. Then they took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us, and they brought, back, brought us back a report and said, It's a good land which the Lord our God is about to give us. Yet you are not willing to go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us? Just stop right there. (laughs) Have you ever in your heart heard, God doesn't like me, God hates me? There is nothing new under the sun. Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us, and I just can't, I can't resist. He, he's, the message of Deuteronomy over and over and over is the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Go back to Exodus, God loves you, God set his, his compassion on you, not because he saw anything in you, and their conclusion is the Lord hates us. Amazing. He's brought us up out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. They're calling God an ambusher. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying the people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified to heaven. And besides, we saw the sons of the Anakim there. These were tall people. We'll get into this. The average height of an Israeli, uh, Israelite back in that time, we know from excavations, was about five, 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 six. These were tall people, and they said, we're not interested in going in and fighting tall people. Then I said to you, do not be shocked, nor fear them. Love Moses. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. The wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. But for all this... You did not trust the Lord your God who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp, a fire by night, a cloud by day to show you the way in which you should go. Then the Lord heard the sound of your words. He was angry and took an oath saying, not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb. Son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. To him and to his sons I will give the land on which he has set foot, because he has followed the Lord fully. Your name is Caleb. You're named after a really special guy. The Lord was angry with me, Moses, also on your account, saying, not even you shall enter here. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter there. Encourage him, for he will cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, who you said will become prey, and your sons, who this day have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall enter there, and I will give it to them, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn around and set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. You're going to go out and wander around. Then you said to me, we've sinned against the Lord. We will indeed go up and fight just as the Lord our God has commanded us. And every man of you girded up his weapons of war and regarded it as easy to go up into the hill country. And the Lord said to me, say to them, 
do not go up nor fight, for I'm not among you. Otherwise, you will be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up into the hill country. The Amorites who lived in the hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and crushed you from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord. But the Lord did not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. So you remained in Kadesh many days, the days that you spent there. Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by way to the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me and circled Mount Seir for many days. That's an understatement, 40 years, 38 years actually. And the Lord spoke to me, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north and commanded the people saying, you will pass through the territory of your brothers of the sons of Esau who live in Seir and, and, you will, and they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Do not provoke them for I will not give you any of their land even as a little footstep because I've given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. God keeps his promises. You shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat. You shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through his great wilderness, through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. We passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, and away from Arabah Road, and away from Elath, away from Ezion Geber. We turned and passed through by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war. For I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar to the son of Z sons of Lot as a possession. The Emim lived there, formerly a people uh, as great, numerous, and tall as the Anakim, the sons of Anak. Like the Anakim, they are also regarded as Rephaim, but the Moabites call them Emim. The Horites formerly lived in Seir, but the sons of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and settled in their place, just as Israel did to the land of their possession when the Lord, which the Lord gave to them. Now arise and cross over the brook Zered yourselves. So we crossed over the brook Zered. Now the time that it took for us to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the brook of Zered was 38 years until all the generation of the men of war perished from within the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. Moreover, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from within the camp until they all perished. So it came about when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me saying, today you shall cross over Ar and the border of Moab. When you come opposite the sons of Ammon, do not harass them or provoke them. I will not give you any of the land of the sons of Ammon but as a possession because I have not I've given it to the sons of Lot as a possession. A little footnote he gives them, geographical help. It's also regarded as the land of, the, of Rephaim, for uh, Rephaim formerly lived in it, but the Amorites called them Zamzumin, 
as a people, uh, a people as great, numerous, and tall as the Anakim, but the Lord destroyed them before them, and they dispossessed them of their land and settled in their place, just as he did for the sons of Esau, who lived in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites, and from before them, they dispossessed them of the land and settled in their place to this day. And the Avim, who lived in the villages as far as Gaza, and Kaftorim, uh, who came from Kaftor, destroyed them and lived in their place. Verse 24. Arise, set out, and pass through the valley of Arnon. Look, I have given Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his, in, and his land into your hand. Begin to take possession and contend with him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples everywhere under the heavens, who, when they hear report of you, will tremble and be in anguish because of you. So I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth and to Sihon, the king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through your land. I will travel only on the highway. I will not turn aside to the right or the left. You will sell me food for money so that I may eat. Give me water for money so that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot, just as the sons of Esau who live in Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did for me. Until I cross over the Jordan into the land which the Lord our God is giving to us. Sihon, king of Heshbon, was not willing for us to pass through his land. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate in order to deliver him into your hand as he is today. The Lord said to me, See, I have begun to deliver Sihon and this land over to you. Begin to occupy that you may possess the land. And Sihon with all his people came out to meet us in battle at Jahaz. The Lord our God delivered him over to us and we defeated him with the sons of and all his people. So he captured all his cities at that time and utterly destroyed the men, the women, the children of every city. We left no survivor. We took only the animals as our booty and the spoil of the cities which we had captured. From Aror, which is at the edge of the valley of Arnon, and from the city which is in the valley even to Gilead, there was no city that was too high for us. The Lord our God delivered all over to us only you did not go near the land of the sons of Amnon, all along the river of Jabok and the cities of the hill country, and wherever the Lord God had commanded us. Then we went, we returned, we turned and went up the road to Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, came out to meet us in battle at Edrei. The Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into your hand. And you shall do to him just as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered Og, also king of Bashan, with all his people into our hands, and we smote them until no survivor was left. We captured all his cities at that time, and there was not a city which we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argob, the king of, kingdom of Og in Bashan. All these cities were fortified with high walls, gates, bars, besides a great many unwalled towns. We utterly destroyed them as we did to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, the women, the children of every city, but all the animals and the spoil of the cities we took as our booty. 
Thus we took all the land at the time from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon. Sidonians call Hermon uh, Sirion, and the Amorites call it Sanir. All the cities of the plateau, all of Gilead and all of Bashan, and as far as Salica and Edre, the kingdoms of Og in Bashan. Only Og, the king of Bashan, was, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. Then Rabah, sons of Amnon. Its length was nine cubits, and its width was four cubits by ordinary cubit. This was almost Goliath-like. So we took possession of the land at that time from Aror, which is by the valley of Arnon, half the hill country of Gilead, cities I gave to the Reubenites and to the Gadites, the rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, the kingdom of Og I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh and the region of Argob, concerning all of Bashan, is called the land of Rephaim. Jire, the son of Manasseh, took all of the region of Argob as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Maakanites, I think, is the way you say it, something close, and called it, uh, that is, Bashan after his own name, Havoth Jire, just as it is to this day. To Makar I gave Gilead. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites I gave from Gilead as far as from the valley of Arnon to the middle of the valley as a border, and as far as the river Jabbok, the border of the sons of Ammon. The Arabah also with the Jordan as a border from Chinnereth, even as far as the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah on the east. Then I commanded you at the time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess it. All of your, all you valiant men shall cross over armed before your brothers, the sons of Israel. But your wives and your little ones and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock. We've seen that kind of accumulate over the last few chapters shall remain in your cities which I gave you until the Lord gives rest to your fellow countrymen as you and you. And they also possess the land from which the Lord your God will give them beyond the Jordan. Then you may return every man to his possession which I have given you. I commanded Joshua at that time saying, your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So the Lord shall do to all the kingdoms to which you are about to cross. Do not fear them. The Lord your God is the one fighting for you. I also pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or earth who can do such works and mighty acts as you? Now stop right there. We'll come back to this, but I... I, my heart just breaks for Moses. He, he understands. But as my mom would say, bless his heart. Just listen to what he asks. He knows he can't go, right? Verse 25. Let, let, let me, I pray, cross over and see the fair land that is beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, enough. Speak to me no more on this matter. 
Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes to the west and north and south and east and see it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over the Jordan. You go up on the mountain and look, but sticking with my word. But the charge, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go across at the head of this people, and he will give them as an inheritance the land which you will see. So we remain in the valley opposite Beth Peor. Chapter 4. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I'm teaching you to perform so that you may live. There's wonder in obedience. It has positive effects on life. And go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who follow Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. See, I've taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord God had commanded me that you should thus that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. So keep them, do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding. In the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as the whole law which I'm setting before you today. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen. and They do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and to your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words so they may learn to fear me all the days of their life on earth and that they may teach their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire to the very heart of the heavens, darkness, cloud, thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. And you heard the sounds of words, but, but you saw no form, only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he, commanded, which he commanded you to perform. That is the ten words, the ten commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you may perform them in the land where you're going over to possess it. So watch yourselves carefully, since you did not see any Form the image on the day which the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make a, a graven image for yourselves in the form of any figure 
the likeness of a male or a female, the likeness of an animal that's on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the sky, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that's in the water below the earth. And beware, not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them and serve them. Those which the Lord your God has allotted to all peoples under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace from Egypt to be a people for his own possession as today. Now, the Lord was angry with me on your account and swore that I would not cross the Jordan and that I would not enter the good land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For I will die in this side, this side of the Jordan. Won't cross the Jordan. You shall cross and take possession of this good land. So watch yourselves that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you and make for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything against which the Lord your God has commanded you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you become the father of the children and the children's children and have remained long in the land and act corruptly and make an idol in the form of anything and do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will surely perish quickly from the land where you are going over the Jordan to possess it. You shall not live long in it, but it will be, but will be utterly destroyed." The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. There you will serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord, your God. You will find him. If you search for him with all your heart and all your soul, when you are in distress and all these things have come upon you, in the latter days you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For, I love this, for the Lord your God, this is after idolatry, he promises. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers which he swore to them. Indeed, ask now concerning the former days which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing? Or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire as you have heard it and survived? Or has a God tried to take for himself a nation from within another nation by trials and signs and wonders, by war and by a mighty hand and outstretched arm, by great terrors as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know the Lord. He is God and there is no other besides him. Out of the heavens, he let your, you hear his voice to discipline you, 
and on earth he let you see his great fire and you heard his words in the midst of the fire because he loved your fathers. Therefore, he chose their descendants after them and he personally, and he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power, driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in and to give you their land for an inheritance as it is today. Know, therefore, today, and take it into your heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. You, so you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I'm giving you today, that it may go well with you and your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities across the Jordan to the east, that the manslayer may flee there who unintentionally slew his neighbor without having enmity toward him in the time past. By fleeing to one of these cities, he may live. Bezer in the wilderness on the on the plateau of uh, the Reubenites and Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites and Golan in Bashan for the uh, Manassites. Now this is the law which Moses set before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the ordinances which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out of Egypt, across the Jordan in the valley opposite Beth Peor in the land of Sihon the king of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon, whom Moses and the sons of Israel defeated when they came out of Egypt. They took possession of his land, the land of Og, king of Bashan, and the two kings of the Amorites who were across the Jordan to the east, from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, even as far as Mount Sion, that is Hermon, with all the Arabah across the Jordan to the east, even as far as the Sea of Arabah at the foot of of the slopes of Pisgah. That is God's word. Now, I know there was some, there's some footnotes in there that you really, he's basically saying things like, you know it is this, it used to be called that, this is what happened, let me tell you some history here. But Moses is passionate. He is overwhelmingly concerned that these folks forget the past. We know those who forget the past are doomed to what? Repeat it. That is as biblical a notion as anything I've ever read. God says, remember. That's, the, that's communion. Remember, remember, remember. There's a lot in here. We're going to go back and search out the details. The bottom line is this. Understand, very simple. Obedience, this is parenting 101. This is Christianity 101. This was the, the Israelites code 101. Obeying God gets blessing. Disobeying God receives discipline. And you see that over and over and over. And I just feel for Moses. I just I was reading this in preparation again today. Is it okay to feel bad for Moses? He he's much the better for it now. I get it. Do you, do you think you would have asked the Lord again, God, please, can I, 
Can I go? And so God says, let's go up on the mountain. I want you to look into the candy shelf, but you can't have it. You can see it, but you can't go. God was gracious to Moses by staying consistent. Can you imagine if God had, I'm stealing a sermon that's coming. Can you imagine if God had said, okay, go ahead in, gave him a noogie. I know you didn't really mean to do that, didn't mean to hit the rocks. So, and then what would have everyone have thought about God? Oh, man, he's a softy. Do you see any parenting parallels in this? Can I encourage you to read large portions of Scripture in one sitting? Even if you don't get the details, you get the macro. We have to pay attention to the public reading of Scripture, and I think we have certainly fulfilled that assignment this evening. This would mean nothing. Would mean nothing unless we understood that this history leads people into a land that would produce the dwelling place of a couple named Joseph and Mary, who in the line of David would have a son who we're going to celebrate in the coming weeks in really special ways. Don't miss the fact that this all leads to Christ. Christ isn't in this passage, but we can get to him from this passage pretty easily. Father, we are humbled by ah, dozens of piercing insights just reading this text that your spirit raises in our own life, in our own conscience, in our own disobedience, in our own sins of omission, leaving out things that we should do and commission, thinking, doing things that we shouldn't. Give us a love for your word, a desire to read it, a passion. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have a book. Thank you. How can we say thank you enough that we hold the complete word of God in our hand? What a privilege. What a priceless privilege. Draw us to you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a presentation of Mission Road Bible Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. For more information, visit Mission Road Bible Church. Dot com. <laughs>